What's going on, guys? In today's podcast, I am going to discuss some things about the week six slate of games that I've been that have been brewing on my mind, and it has a lot to do with some straight up cash money in terms of bets to make in uh, week six. So, I'm going to talk to you about some bets I like, and and really why I like them. And I'm going to go into a little bit more detail than even I did on the on the week six preview and predictions podcast. Okay, so it's kind of random. I really took my time to look over this. I had a friend call me. Stay consistent. You know who you are. Uh, I had a friend call me and um, just basically asked me kind of what bets. He was reading me his parlays and stuff like that. And so we got into a real, you know, sort of long conversation. And I and I was trying to sell him on uh, a couple of bets in particular. And the, the bets that I'm talking about are, um, that I like, are... So the Panthers and Vikings, right? They play this week. You guys know I am a Panther fan, so don't take this the wrong way if I come off a little bit anti-Panthers. I still love them. I'm just being objective as it pertains to, uh, you know, a bet, right? And then what I think is going to happen. I, just so you know, I'm not touching the Panthers to win this game, and I'm not touching the Vikings to win this game. I, If I were to – if I had to bet on it, I, I think I'd – take Minnesota but I I could I'm about 53 47 in terms of percentages like I'm not convicted in any way in terms of the winner or loser of this game however what I am convicted on is the over under the over under right now sits at 45 and a half okay guys you remember I always say the early weeks magnify right the early weeks make us think that whatever happens early is you know what is just the truth, right? Like, you know, something a guy has, uh, for example, there, there are guys last year that had like 30 points, 25 points in week one. And then we went crazy and thought that that was the, you know, the guy to own or what, or the guy to trade for the guy to, to uh, add in waivers. And then it just turns out that guy just did that in week one, right? Um, for example, and I know Antonio Brown's been good this year. Antonio Brown, even myself, I tweeted, I might just be, you know, Go, um, making too much of this because it's week one, but could Antonio Brown lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in receiving? And he's playing really well. Shit, he may be leading them receiving. I don't know. But the point is, um, a few weeks later, that doesn't seem as, you know, as, as kind of uh, appropriate as it did. Anyways, I'm getting off to a rant here. So this Panthers-Vikings game, right? 45 and a half over under I. Let me just tell you why I like the under in this game, and I feel pretty good about it. I don't feel like, you know, it's a complete lock because, you know, a pick six or, or you know, a punt return touchdown, some things like that can happen that'll totally change the dynamic of the game. And if you think that, you know, defensive touchdowns are that uncommon, I will caution you. I will say, yes, they are. But last year, I believe Jeremy Chin had two defensive touchdowns against the Vikings. So, um, so you know, take that for what you will. But as I was saying about the early weeks magnifying, right, we saw the Vikings come out week one, they go to Cincinnati, and they allow 27 points. It's the most points Cincinnati has scored all season, right? Uh, Cincinnati hasn't even repeated the 27, by the way, this season. But we'll get to that later. Anyways, they uh, so they the Vikings come out. They allow twenty seven in week one. Then they allow they go to Arizona, so back to back road games, and they allow thirty four points to the Arizona Cardinals. Right, so now that's over sixty points in the first two weeks. We're talking about they're averaging thirty a game against them, and this defense, quote unquote, as many of us say, sucks. Right, 
Not so fast, my friend. Their next three games, and this is their last three games, of course. The Well, okay, let me just go by order. Week three, they played the Seattle Seahawks. They allowed 17 points to Russell Wilson and company. Uh, week four, they played the Cleveland Browns. I think Cleveland can score some points, right? They allowed 14 points. Uh, week five against the Detroit Lions, they allowed 17 points. Okay, now let me read you their sack totals by game. Five, three, two, three, four. That means they've had at least three sacks in every game. What does Sam Darnold, what makes Sam Darnold play poorly? If there was one, if there was one thing, right, that, that you could look at Sam Darnold's game and you could say, hey, when this happens, Darnold, you know, he, he tends to struggle. And, and I think the answer to that, if I if I'm being honest with myself, is pressure. When the opposing defense is able to generate pressure like Dallas did, for example, uh, like Philadelphia did, for example, Sam Darnold tends to make some really bad throws, um, you know, or, or I guess I should say bad decisions because he it's not that it's not that Sam can't make throws um, under pressure. It's not that he lacks anything arm talent wise. But he tends to, as he said in that Patriots game, what was it, last year or the year before, he tends to see some ghosts every now and then, right? So anyways, um, let me look back here at uh, – I'm trying to go to the advanced game logs and get Sam's uh, under – I want to see his pressure ratings and see how that affected it. But the point I'm making is this, guys. The Minnesota Vikings, in their last three games, have allowed – 17, 14, 17. So what's that? 34 plus 14, 48 points. That's 16 points a game. Okay. They're allowing 16 points a game over the, over the last three games. And again, that's against opponents like Seattle and Cleveland, right? And yeah, yeah, I know you got Detroit in there as well, but they did what they were supposed to do against Detroit. And by the way, Detroit, if they didn't do what they did late in that game in terms of trying to make it, make a comeback, then the Vikings would have just held them to even fewer points. So they'd be looking at like 14 points a game uh, allowed over the last three games defensively. So when we look at the Carolina Panthers, okay, on their defense, I'm going to get back to Sam Darnold in a second. But when we look at their defense, Carolina, they um, allowed 14, 7, and 9 over the first three games. Now, since then, they've allowed 50, what was that? 57 points and uh and they're over their last two games that's come to dallas and philadelphia so it's nothing you know it's bad but i think that essentially the dallas game really skews it because they gave up 36 to the cowboys but the panthers all in all when you look at just just like let's put the dallas game to the side for a second and you look at what they've done in terms of the other four games they have a lot of 51 points okay 51 points in four games that's incredible right let me see i'm doing the math here that's 12.75 points per game right call it 12.8 so you're telling me that in four of five games played carolina is allowing 12.8 points per game the vikings in their last three games are allowing 16 points per game no one scored more than 17 right and you tell me that the over under in this game is 45 and a half okay now Aside from Carolina getting run on by, in large part, Jalen Hurts and the Cowboys, they've been incredibly good against the run. If you eliminate the the uh, Vikings run game, which I don't think they will do, and I actually think it could be quite the opposite. I think Minnesota might be able to run all over them. But what I don't think, but what I was getting at is, is if you eliminate the Vikings run game, 
you make them one dimensional. What is the the weakness of their offensive line? It's pass protecting, right? So, um, you know, in the in the Carolina Panthers have heated teams up this year and gotten plenty of sacks. Uh, for example, six against the New York Jets, four against the Saints, four against the Texans. They didn't sack Dak once, but that's a great def- offensive line there in Dallas, and then, or at least very good. And then they got Jalen Hurts twice. Okay, so you know when you when you look at that stuff, man, it, it it's. I could easily see this being an ugly, just defensive struggle. And in any case, um, I don't see it being a game where I, I don't see a shootout. You know, I, I know a lot of people ask me, should I start Kirk Cousins this week in fantasy? And and uh, I tried my best to essentially say no every single time because I, I just don't like ha- look, Carolina is one of these teams, right? With all the depth at corner and the secondary and all that. They can hang with the uh, likes of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen with their pass rush. Okay, I'm not saying they can shut those guys down. Just saying with that pass rush, you know, they they can hold their own. So uh, that's another thing to keep in mind. And then with Sam Darnold, let me see if I can find some. This is totally off the cuff, so I may have to just uh, go a different direction with this. But okay, Sam Darnold. Let's see. Sorry, guys. One second. Okay, bad throw percentage. Last two games, 25.6% against Dallas and uh, 14.7% against the um, the Eagles. Okay, so that was obviously uh, – those were some of his higher marks of the season. But where's pressures? Okay, here's the, the, the trigger. Last two weeks, Darnold's been pressured over 30% of his dropbacks, about 30 – almost 31% of the time combined. If the Minnesota Vikings are able to generate pressure in a way where, you know, anywhere close to that range in Minnesota, by the way, they're not a team, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, they're not just getting pressures. They're also getting home. You know, they're they're also getting sacked. So you start hitting Darnold like that, you know, and I think that, you know, potentially it may not it may not go so well. So I can't remember the exact prediction I made in this game, but the point I'm going to make right now is. I think 23 to 20 is like the max in terms of points scored for them. And that would still be the under. So I don't know what Vegas is getting at with 45 and a half, but hey, it is what it is. So just keep that in mind, guys. If you're looking to make any bets this weekend, not with me, but with just, you know, where, whoever you bet with, uh, I like the under in that game. What another game is, another game that I also like the under in, and I really, for the life of me, Cannot figure out how they came up with this over-under. But I like the Cincinnati Bengals and the Detroit Lions, and I like the over-under in this one. I like the under 47 points. So, excuse me one second. Oh. Okay, sorry, I take a sip of water. But the Bengals are a team that has scored 24 points or fewer in each of their last four games. They scored 27 in week one against the Vikings, as I touched on earlier, but that was the only time they touched more than 24 points. Okay, The Detroit Lions have scored under uh, 17 points or under on four of five games. Let me double-check that real quick as I... Because I, I believe that's I believe that's correct, but let me double check it real quick. Okay, uh, yes. Yeah, so they scored thirty three in Week One against the Niners, right? In that crazy game that they were down thirty eight to ten in. Then they scored seventeen against the Packers. They scored seventeen against the Ravens. They scored fourteen against the Bears, and they scored seventeen 
against the Vikings. So yes, 17 or fewer points in each of the last four games. That's a month straight that this team has showed that they cannot crack seven, uh, more than 17 points. They can't crack 20. The Bengals, on, on the other hand, uh, in terms of their defense, right? The Bengals last week gave up 25 points to Aaron Rodgers and it took overtime to uh, for him to even crack that, right? They're a defense that all in all has had some pretty good showings. I mean, they allowed 10 points in Pittsburgh. They held Jacksonville to 21 after a 14-point first quarter uh, the week before. And then they allowed tw- just 20 to Chicago, which is Chicago was only averaging like 17. So uh, that's actually a bad sign. But the point I'm making is this. This defense in Cincinnati, I think we can all agree, is pretty good, okay? The Detroit Lions, I think we can all agree, are pretty good at keeping games competitive for the most part, right? Like they're not going to go in there and get and get smoked and in all likelihood. In Detroit, by the way, this game is in Detroit. So they held the Ravens, right? Let me just go the final scores. Or I mean, the, the combined score total in, in their last three games. So 19, I'm sorry, 17 plus 20 is 37. So 36 points combined in the Baltimore game. Uh, 38 points in the Chicago game, and then another, what did I say, um, 27-37, 36 points combined in the Minnesota game, right? So 36, 38, 36. That's been the combined total of points in each of their last three games. To me, you've got an over-under of 47 here. 47 like if these two teams do what they're telling us with their actions that they do which means the Bengals score 24 the Lions score 27 if these two teams just follow suit and do that I'm sorry the Lions score 17 as I'm gonna say the Bengals score 24 Lions score 17 that's the under okay and I'm not saying that you know, it's going to work out exactly that way. But man, I'll tell you what, 24 to 17 sure seems like a, a, you know, a realistic score. And I could see it being 24 to 10. And then late Jared Goff drives the Lions down there to score a touchdown, you know, and and it's 24, 17, they kick the onside kick, they don't get it since he gets it runs the clock out game over. So anyway, if that happens like that, dude, I need to buy a lottery ticket, but we'll see. So anyways, I just think that, um, I like the bets there. I like I like the under in that game. If you're getting that 47, and then I like the under in the Panthers Vikings game. If uh, you're getting that 45 and a half, and which one do I feel more confident about? I think uh, I'd say the Lions Bengals game. I feel slightly more confident in the under there, but I, I'm pretty comfortable with it in the Panthers game as well. Okay, something to monitor in terms of uh, just betting lines this morning. And I'm talking about, you know, 12, 13 hours ago. I'm recording this podcast late. <laughs> um, this morning, the Rams were 10-point favorites. As a matter of fact, when I recorded the podcast, I believe the Rams, I said, were 10-point favorites over the Giants in New York. Well, I checked this a few hours ago when I was talking to my friend. They were then 9-point favorites, and now they're just 8. Okay, so I think that should tell you two things. Number one... Even Vegas is realizing that they need to put a little bit more respect on the Giants, uh, just considering they played this team tight last year. And the ironic part about this is last year, the Rams beat the Giants in L.A. by eight points. 
Okay, so, you know, coincidence or no, I don't know. The over-under in this game is 48 and a half. 48 and a half, okay? Um, to me, <laughs> to me, I, I think that if, okay, look, if Daniel Jones doesn't play, right, for, for some reason, if he does not play, I am pounding the under within my entire heart and soul, okay? Um, by the way, 17 to 9 was the final score last year. That means they combined for 26 points, right? I'm not saying that's going to happen again. I understand they got Stafford, Deshaun Jackson. I get all that. I get it. But, man, you're telling me a team with the, a team in, in, in L.A. that um, has scored in their last two games 26 and 20 points, right? I mean, hey, that's – if they score 26, what are the Giants can 26 20? I mean, 23 20. I, I'm, I really think this game is going to be closer than, you know, probably what some of you think. But I'm just going to say, man, I, my instinct tells me to take the under in this game as well. I, I think that, um, you know, I could totally see this game take a crazy turn and, and become a semi shootout. But at the same time, I really feel more comfortable that this is not going to be that. I think that the Giants, like the Washington football team, are a good defense because they've got really good players all across the board in, on that defense. It just so happens that they're not playing well. right? The Washington football team, same thing. They're, they're a very good defense. They're not playing well. I could even make the case that the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not very good on defense, but they're, they're solid talent-wise. They're just not playing very well. You know, I, I could see um, all that stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I think I, I also like the under in that one. And um, when you look at the Rams, you know, again, the Rams, man, uh, aside from the Arizona game where they allowed uh, 37 points, they've allowed 14 points, 24 points, 24 points, um, and 17 points, you know, last week in Seattle. So the Seattle Seahawks could only score 17, and I understand Russell Wilson got hurt. I get all that. But if something tells me Russell Wilson wasn't going to get, you know, much more than that. I don't know. I just uh, just had that kind of a feeling. So let's see. What else do I like? What else do I like? I like the Browns. I like the Browns in terms of, um, you know, again, if you can't stop the run and you think you can go into Cleveland and beat the Browns, I think you've got another thing coming. So that's the answer. Here's the thing, too, guys, just to put kind of some context behind why I like that Giants-Rams game so much, the Giants-Rams – and the Cardinals Browns have the same over under 48 and a half Vegas views those two games as similar in, in terms of how many points are going to be scored. I don't, I do not, I do not. And I understand that the giants, this is the best part about it. The giants are a team that is allowing like 28 points a game right now. And that's a lot. And I'm not even saying the Rams won't get to 28, but the Rams are a pretty damn good defense. You know, I think that I think Vegas is sleeping on the talent that the Giants possess, and I think they're also sleeping on the defense that is the Rams, right? So um, take that for what you will. Um, okay, okay, let's see. What else do I like? What else do I like? Um, oh, yes, the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are probably going to be my lock of the week or one of my locks of the week, right? The Bears, as I mentioned earlier, 
They've won three of four games. This is incredible to say this in 2021, particularly. They've won three of four games, okay? Three of four. They're averaging 17.5 points per game in those games. As I mentioned, Justin Fields is completing 50% of his passes. He went 35 of 70. You know, um, he's playing against Aaron Rodgers this week. I'm not sure the Bears, without a running game, because, you know, they've got seventh-round draft choice, Khalil Herbert is basically going to have to – going to be forced into carrying the load there. They're playing a Green Bay Packer team that, to me, has won four straight games, and they've done so in convincing fashion. And um, I know it's in Chicago. I get all that. But I really think and I really feel comfortable in the fact that the Green Bay Packers – are going to, uh, I mean, I think they're going to comfortably win this game. I would say they win it by, you know, I, I would say they probably win this game by at least seven points. And that's the good thing about getting it at minus six right now. And um, so I love the minus six. I think if I were to do like a parlay that I feel like I was going to complete just a two team parlay and, you know, that I feel like I can't lose with, I'm going to bet the Green Bay Packers minus six. And I'm also going to bet, let's see, I mean, you could always go Colts money line against the Texans, but I, you know, I'm not going to bet the Colts to cover that spread. Um, and I would either choose the under from one of either the Panthers Vikings or the Lions Bengals game. I, I would probably do that, you know, just a two team parlay, pound it like that. And, uh, you know, just take what you get. Like you're not going to get the crazy odds that people, a lot of people like my friend earlier, they want to do the five leg, seven leg, eight leg parlays, you know, and, and the reality is this, man, pro football is very unpredictable. So the chances of you hitting, you know, even if you're a phenomenal, uh, you know, shark, right, the, the odds of you hitting on anything over three teams or even three teams is just significantly low. Trust me, I've had to learn those, you know, um, I've had to learn that over the years, right? I'm 34 years old, so I've been getting my ass kicked betting for many years, and it took me a while to kind of like, okay, two teams is is easy. You know, if I'm feeling extremely convicted, maybe a three-teamer, maybe, right? Um, Aaron Rodgers, by the way, and this is why I like the Packers so much, in the last four games, so he came out and had that clunker of a game where where people were even accusing him of uh, mailing it in for the season, which was always hilarious to me. Where in that game, week one, he had he went 15 of 28, 133 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks, a quarterback rating of 36.8. Okay, since then, Aaron Rodgers completing over 68% of his passes, 277 yards a game, so literally double the yardage, um, 10 touchdown passes, one interception, uh, and he's averaging 8.2 yards an attempt. He just, you know, he's being, and he has a rushing touchdown. So he scored 11. He scored 11 touchdowns over the final over the over the final four games. In those games, the Packers have scored 35, 30, 27, 25. The Bears' defense, in my opinion, is very good. As I mentioned earlier in my post, I think that sooner or later we're going to have to start talking about the reason the Bears are winning these games and they're going to continue to win some games. In my opinion, so that defense is really good, right? How many? Like, I think the Bengals did a phenomenal job last week by holding Green Bay to 25, and it took overtime to get there. You know, regulation, 22 points, was it? Was all they um, all they allowed? I think the Packers bounce back, and I think they come out a little bit pissed off. Like, you know, they, they understand, okay, the Bears are hot right now. They've won three of four. We 
could have and probably should have lost last week to Cincinnati. Let's not make the same mistake twice. Let's go in there and smoke the Chicago Bears like we tend to do, right? And, and I mean, no disrespect to Bears fans. I don't think they're going to get completely embarrassed, although I wouldn't rule that out in terms of a possibility. But, you know, I think that Chicago, I think that, uh, I just think the Bears match up pretty poorly against the Green Bay Packers. You know, I really, I really do. And um, if you look at what Rodgers did last year against the Bears, he went 21 of 29. And this is the game in, uh, in Green Bay where they scored 41 points, by the way. He went 21 of 29. So that's 72.4% completion, 211 and four touchdowns, zero picks, zero sacks. Okay. The next time they played Chicago, which was the season finale in Chicago, he went in that game 19 of 24, completed over 79% of his passes, and another four touchdowns and another zero interceptions. Okay. In that game, he was sacked one time. So to me, the Bears, in terms of defensive personnel have not drastically changed i think they're playing much better football this year defensively of course so far than they were last year i mean they're only allowing a little over 16 or 16 and a half points a game over the last four games in which they've won three or four and so i think that you know they'll they're not going to be able i don't think the packers are going to go score 35 against them but i think 27 28 points 24 points at an absolute minimum and if you're saying they're scoring 24 the bears average as i mentioned in the last four games is uh 17 and a half points a game so right there you're right on the fringe you know what i'm saying of, of them covering but i just think that 27 17 is kind of like the the prediction that is coming to my mind as we speak now um i may have said something different on the podcast don't judge me i don't i, I just i don't make my predictions beforehand i do it on the spot there so um but anyways yeah man uh i think i think that's all i wanted to talk about was just those games i feel really good about those if i was to randomly off the top of my head pick a couple of more locks i would pick the chiefs not to cover but to beat the washington football team and i would pick the colts to, to beat the texans those would be my locks for sure my three locks along with uh the packers of course over the bears and then in terms of upsets, you know, I guess if the Chargers are underdogs by two and a half points, I'll take the Chargers as one potential upset. Doesn't mean I think that's going to happen. Just means, you know, that I think that's definitely has potential. Here, I'll give you a crazy one. I think that the New York Giants could beat the Rams this Sunday. I really, really do believe that. And I think that here's another wild one. I think the New England Patriots could beat the Cowboys. So those are three upsets for you, um, Patriots over the Cowboys. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily going to happen, but I definitely think it's possible. I also think it's possible that the Giants beat the Rams. And I also, you know, I could even add the Lions over the Bengals in that one, although I do kind of like Cincy um, in terms of betting. And then, yeah, Chiefs over Washington football team and Indianapolis to beat the Houston Texans. I can't believe two one-in-four teams are playing and one of them is a 10-point favorite of the other. <laughs> That's pretty wild um, in that Houston and Indianapolis game. So, so yeah, guys, I think that's going to do it for this pod. I just wanted to kind of hop on and give you some bonus Saturday content. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review if you're listening on Apple and or um, share it with a friend. Share it with a friend that likes that likes football, preferably. You know, some <laughs> don't don't do don't send it to your friends that hate football. Send it to your friends that maybe enjoy football, so they could possibly continue to listen. Anyways, guys, I'll talk to you later. Peace.